I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When a tree falls in a forest and no one's around to hear it, it makes a sound. Live from Rosemary Hills, more specifically live from the middle of Rosemary Hills Golf Course, I'm Deirdre Gardner, and this is It Makes a Sound. <coughs> Welcome to our first on-location show of the celebration of the music of Wim Ferros. Here I am, standing outside the house of Trisha Elwood, a lifelong resident and one of Wim Ferros's earliest fans and benefactors. We are here to uncover more about the who, what, where behind the concert that was recorded for posterity, lost and now found. Found after decades of neglect in an attic on the outskirts of the now nearly abandoned golf community. The concert contained within the cassette that we call the Attic Tape. Trisha Elwood has answers. For today's show, I stand at a crossroads. Literally, I'm in the middle of the road right now in a, in a place that I haven't been in quite a long time. It's hallowed ground. I am looking at the home that Trisha Elwood grew up in. A sprawling estate on a lot that was once the choicest of locations because it stands across from Rosemary Hill's clubhouse. Listeners. In a conference recreation room on the second floor of that clubhouse, Trisha Elwood held her eighth grade graduation party in 1992. It was at that eighth grade graduation party 
where Wim Ferros took the stage to give his first public concert. So let us turn to that clubhouse. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, listeners, oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, I'm looking at the clubhouse, and uh, it is certainly... Not as it was. Oh, I'm standing here perplexed. I I have to tell you, more than two decades after the, the event that shook the music world, what I see is unsettling. It's eerie. Uh, listeners, we, we have to, we must go there. We must take a closer look. I'm, I'm walking up the hill. Okay, I am walking towards the clubhouse. Oh, I should. I'm okay. I think it was a golf ball. Yes. Okay. Ew, what is the... Ew. Okay, we're almost by the clubhouse. We're at the clubhouse for a field investigation. That's right. On today's live on-location episode of It Makes a Sound, we're doing a field investigation at the historical location most associated with the music of Wim Ferros. And then we'll go back down the hill, uh, where we will meet Trisha Elwood, the key organizer of the concert. With Trisha, we will unlock more nuanced details of that special night and ask her to help us complete the lyrics from the songs heard on the attic tape. So obviously stay tuned. Okay, I have reached the roundabout in the driveway in front of the clubhouse. I will report to you what I'm seeing. The large fountain in the center is rusted and cracked. No water flows. There's an abandoned peacock nest inside, yes. Oh, and something green, what is that? Oh, it's just crinkled cans of Mountain Dew. Wow, the mansion is so decrepit. My gosh, that happened quickly. It's like nature's revenge. Dandelions, crabgrass, and ivy have totally taken over. God, those those ornate front doors, wow. I used to help mom Windex those doors. The glass was, was engraved with orchids. And now it's just boarded up with planks. The caddies used to stand right here to shake hands goodbye to the golfers, and, and then they'd transfer the wad of cash that remained in their hands into their pockets. I thought they were magicians. I can't believe all these windows are shuttered. Well, wait, no, no, on the second floor, there's two or three. They're just broken. It doesn't look vandalized. Just left behind. <sighs> Listeners, I... For the record, in 1992, at the time of Wim Ferris's concert, the clubhouse events calendar was full. Traffic through this roundabout was, was probably at its peak. I think Trisha's family must have pulled some strings to secure a party there. But now... I am facing down the hill at these houses. These houses which in the 90s were meant to be so grand and tony. The night of the party, they were glittering at dusk, but now on this gray day, they just look 
bizarre and bloated and bland. It's nearly impossible to sell these now. The golf course shut down so many years ago. And the local government can't get its act together enough to figure out what's next for the land. So the handful of residents that remain here, they just can't afford to sell. And for one reason or another, holding on for dear life to what they've got. Four houses on this block alone are foreclosed. The shells of the shopping malls that lured people off the highway in the 80s and 90s are, are, are waiting to be raised. The new school district closed years ago. Now any kids from Rosemary Hills, I mean there was never any kids in Rosemary Hills, but now any, any of those kids are outsourced to a school in another town. Trisha must be living quite differently now. If you build it, they will come, they had thought. Rosemary Hills in the 90s was stirred by a gust of wind that promised to be a sea change, but ended up just blowing a few hats off of people's heads. And, well, the people were like, oops, there goes my hat. Oh, well. So those who could just bought another hat. Hundreds of millions invested towards what would become a great golf ghost town. I understand it now that I have recently returned home from a far-off place. Someone asks you, where is Rosemary Hills? And you can point to a map. There. But there is no there there. That's the sad truth. Ah! No! Oh, God! Ew! Oh, Jesus! These... There's also a feral peacock infestation. Have I mentioned that specifically? You guessed it. Tracing back to the two peacocks that Park Song kept as trophy pets back decades ago. There are more peacocks than humans here now. They just saunter along like they own the place. The roads are all full of calcified peacock droppings. They sit on the roofs with their trains displayed like oligarchs. They tend to gather around the clubhouse for some reason, it seems. They're always around here. Ah! Ah! Those three just flew over to Trisha's oak tree. Well, what was I telling you? Um, right, okay, look, Rosemary Hills. Okay, perhaps it was never a model of civilization. Perhaps it was never a mecca of greatness, but there was a time, there was a moment that the town had soul and an undercurrent of verve because it counted among its 9,638 residents one young Wim Pharos. And we're talking about that time on It Makes a Sound. Rosemary Hills, that feeling that there was more that sense that there is more? Don't you swallow that feeling down. Wim Pharos was the light under a bushel, the flavor in the salt, that mysterious shadow you saw flickering before you in a cave. You're not like a loaf of bread that's been in the freezer forever and is defrosting into a soggy mess on the table. Strive to be more delicious. I know that the music on the attic tape will help charge us with a much-needed dose of adrenaline and wonder. That's why we're here, on location, back to this historical crossroads, to remember the music and to find that electrified current once again. Oh, 
Hi there. Uh, c could I help you with something? And here we go. This is my first encounter with Trisha since the summer after we graduated Rosemary Hills Junior High in 1992. Hi, Trisha. Remember me? It's Deirdre Gardner. Hi. Oh, my God. Deirdre Gardner. Wow. Ralphie, stop it. No, Ralphie, don't do that. Don't eat the dropping. Stop. Sit. Be quiet. Sit, Ralphie. Oh, my God. How are you? I heard that you were back in town. You look uh, great. Thank you. You look so different. Uh -huh. what, are you, what are you doing out there in the street? Who are you shouting at? Ralphie! You look, you look nice, too. No more bangs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Trisha Elwood. Yeah. So... Okay, I'm working on a project, and guess what? You're on my show. Me? It makes a sound. Oh! <laughs> Welcome and surprise. What? You are today's special guest star on our first live on location episode. Oh my gosh, what? And who's this? Hi! You're being recorded live on It Makes a Sound. Oh, Cody, this is Deirdre Gardner. She was a friend of Mommy's back when we were your age. <laughs> I mean, th oh, this is my son, Cody. How old are you, Cody? What, what's on that iPad? A video game? Cody. Well, here's something more exciting than that. I'm here to interview your mom about a very special artist who came from right here in Rosemary Hills. Oh. And I have a show. Oh, it's really raining now. So, um, I don't know. Why don't you, well, you can, you come on in, Deirdre, come in. Oh, oh damn it, Ralph, oh, thank you. stop it. Oh, I see, okay. Well, can I, uh, who are you talking about? You're, wait, are you recording right now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, by the way, uh, Cody's 10. And oh, and I was so sorry to hear about your mom. Oh, thanks. How is she doing? Um, she, you know, well, I have some help right now. I, I got a, a home nurse for just like, a, I don't know, oh, a few hours a week. Nice. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But, but let's catch up on that another time. Today I'm here with a mission. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm going to cut right to the chase for my show. Okay? Uh-huh. The topic is genius and its location. <gasps> These are topics you're very familiar with. Oh. Do you like music, Cody? Cody, don't be rude. Deirdre asked you if you liked music. Cody. No. Well, that's okay, because you just haven't heard the right kind yet. And Trisha, that's why I'm here. I'm excited for you to talk to me, and to Rosemary Hills, and to Cody, about Wim Faros. Who's that? Trisha, Wim Farrows, who made his concert debut at your eighth grade graduation party. Oh. In the, in the clubhouse party room, that incredible night. Oh my gosh. I have not thought about that guy in so long. I totally forgot about that, but it's, it's so great that you remember my eighth grade graduation party. You have such a good memory. <laughs> it's funny. You know, that guy, he lived down the street at the end of the cul-de-sac on the other side of the fence where you'd turn around by the gate, remember? 
he never talked to anyone. He was so weird, but he was kind of like cute. Wasn't he? Wasn't he kind of cute? He was beautiful. He was very beautiful. Though Trisha and I weren't terribly close in junior high. Oh, wait a minute. Come on. We were in the Spanish club. That's right. We were in the Spanish club. I was uh, Patrizia. <laughs> what was your Spanish club name? Though we weren't very close, I've always admired her. And in retrospect, Trisha, I'm so impressed by your taste. Wait, that you had don't such you an elevated music Spanish aesthetic. club name? Dolores. It was oh, Dolores. Dolores. But I for you, never. but for you, at such a young age, here around the golf course, to see the potential for greatness existing within the enigma of Wim Ferros. We had that in common. I didn't realize back then. So can you tell us more about what you saw early on in Wim that made you take such a chance on him at your party? Oh, uh, wait, Wim Ferros was his name. This is about Wim Ferros? Yes. I, you know, I barely, let me think. My grandmother made me invite him. She felt bad for him, I remember now, because I guess he was a loner or poor or something. Or maybe I think maybe, wait, I think somebody might have died. I think somebody was dead or something, so I had to invite him. Um, wait, what else? (gasps) Oh, my God. Dances with trolls. The troll grotto. I have not thought about that in so long. There used to be this little weeded over box garden in the front of his house that was like filled with troll dolls in, 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 in like a specific arrangement. Like sometimes they would be in this winding conga line or something unusual or, or around Christmas. They might be in like a nativity scene. Uh-huh. So weird. And sometimes you'd see this kid. He was just sitting there really, really, really quiet next to the grotto with his legs tucked under him like, well, I mean like kind of like communing with the trolls. And he never really you know, said anything when you drove by. Well, you never really drove by directly because the house was so far at the end of the cul-de-sac and no one ever really went down there unless you had to turn around because you forgot something. But, but you know, you could see him back there sometimes for hours at a time. He'd be sitting there like, I don't know, like, I guess like he was having troll therapy. I mean, when Dad used to come by, he called it Dances with Trolls. We all called it that. It started out when we were really little, and it was like, okay, you have a troll garden. That's cute or kind of like, I don't know, it's so weird. But, but, but he'd still sit there. And when he got older, then it was like, you know, really bizarre. Oh. Well, then, what was it that turned you on to his musical genius? Um... Well, he just brought a guitar to my party and started playing in the corner, but then he wouldn't stop. Oh, yeah, I remember I remember. I was like, you want some food or you want to eat some cake or just, like, be normal? But he just kept playing. And my parents and the other adults were, like, begging him to have a sandwich, but the band played on, you know, like in the Titanic. The band played on. Anyway, kids, kids, kids are so weird, you know. Sometimes they're weird. I mean, you're not. Like that, Cody. But Trisha, no. It wasn't like that. We all thought it was amazing and special. Remember what happened with the bubbles? No. The end of the first song. 
I, all of us kids were like, minds blown. We felt that connection. We swayed. Oh. We swayed together. Really? All the grade school clicks just like melted away oh. in a moment. You were so happy. I was. You blew a bubble that popped over whim at the end of the song. Like it was like a blessing, oh, like a bubble I don't blessing. know, gosh, Deirdre, I gotta tell you, I don't think we had bubbles. I mean, I have a soap allergy. No, there was definitely bubbles. I mean, I remember dances with trolls being good, surprisingly, but it wasn't like my style or anything. And then he just played and played and played and played. And he got so annoying. And a bunch of us just went by the clubhouse pool and danced to Madonna and Spice Girls. Oh, that was so fun. Kayleen Becker was there. Listeners, as you know, going by the pool with Kayleen Becker on that June night in 1992 was like, like being in a fallout shelter when the Beatles came to America. <laughs> like facing away from the Taj Mahal. Like sleeping through the birth of your child. Deirdre, what's, what is this show? Are, are people listening to this like now? Well, Trisha, it's a show for people who want to believe that when a tree falls in a forest, it makes a sound because they gave a damn about the tree in the first place. They knew the extraordinary when they saw it. Hmm. It's a show about a big thing that went boom. The sound of Wim Pharos and the responsibility the responsibility to remember it. We have a responsibility to remember the music and bring it into the present in Rosemary Hills. Here and now, we need it, Trisha. That's what it's about, okay? Cody, Cody, don't you want to know more about this concert? Hey, Cody. I know what you did to Tommy Niehart. He's my friend. I know who you are. Yeah, well, well, I know who you are, kid, because I'm standing right in front of you, and your mom introduced us, and that's how civilized people get to know each other, the old-fashioned way. Uh, okay, Deirdre. And you should know who Wim Pharos is. Everyone should. Remember Wim Pharos. I have his music, Trisha. I recorded every song he played that night at your party on my cassette recorder. You and Kayleen Becker may have missed it, but I didn't. Not a single note. And here's the tape. What's that? Oh, that's a cassette tape. It plays music. It's an instrument? No, no, no. It's like iTunes kind of, but, but, but it was your phone only played about 10-ish songs or and something. And wasn't a phone. Any 10 songs? Well, no, I mean just the same 10 songs. This one has nine songs. Forever without changing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, you would have to erase the songs on the tape and then record something else over it. How? Well, you'd need to take songs off the radio or, or other cassette them live. tapes, usually. So how many of those do you need, then? Uh, well, I used to have hundreds. <laughs> what? Where do you keep them? Well, you'd need, like, a tower, like a special... <gasps> it's, it was like a special bookshelf. What? Just use YouTube. Well, there was no YouTube. This is how we used to keep music. That sucks. Can I see? Um, yes. Be careful. What do you press to play it? Uh, 
Oh, honey, <laughs> it doesn't play itself. But you need itself. a cassette tape player. You need a little machine. Player. Yeah, that's You need what a cassette called. tape player. Yeah. That sucks. Stop saying sucks. Or a boombox, you know. Boombox? What's that? Well, I mean, it's that's like, the special it was, machine. You know, it, was, it was like boxy, and you could be really, it could be really big, or it had a, a handle, or you could carry it around to play your music, and lots of buttons, and usually two decks for the cassettes. And when you press sometimes the three eject button, the tape sometimes would fall out like a fan. And later they would make them so on top you could also play sure, CDs. CDs. What well, are they're less? Important and and big usually circular stereos that the music would actually boom through. Yeah. Did the stereos have nets and look like giant fly eyes? Yeah. Yes. I I guess they did. The 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 mesh was on top. Oh yeah. I have one of those. No, honey. We don't have a boom box. I I threw my last one away. Gosh, like when you were like born, I believe. We have one. In the basement next to the toolbox by the ladders in R2-D2. Oh, that's the wet vac. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Deirdre Gardner. This is our first live on location episode of It Makes a Sound in the home of Trisha Elwood. Her small son... Cody Elwood hey, has just claimed that they small. are in possession I'm of a 10. vintage boombox cassette Cody tape player. Elwood. It's hyphenated. You understand what this That's means. That's not my name. Cody? I'm not small. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I just meant, can you go down into the basement and get that boombox for us, please? Right now? I'm tall for my age. Cody, be good and go down and get the boombox for Deirdre, Okay. don't have to, but I will. Trisha, this... People of Rosemary Hills, the... Oh, my God. Trisha, it's serendipity. Have we at last found the means to play the attic tape? Here. Did we just need to return to the source? We're here in the ancestral home of Trisha Elwood. The woman responsible, even inadvertently, for Wim Farrow's first public concert given at her eighth grade graduation party. Trisha's son, Cody Elwood, okay, wait, maybe about to deliver Elwood Nowakowski. Just note that their, if you, you Cody no, Elwood Nowakowski right. will deliver up to us from their dusty basement our analog Rosetta Stone. And we will finally be able to hear the music that has been up until this moment entombed in this little plastic sarcophagus. I'm holding up the cassette tape. Listen, right now, all you've heard is the dinky rattle of the tape spools. But in moments, perhaps, finally, it will be revealing its secrets. Can I have my iPad back now? Oh, my God. He found it. Gosh, my boom box. I totally had no idea that we still had this. Oh, my God. I saved up so much money to buy this. I went with Kayleen Becker to Radio Can we Shack plug it in? And Plug it in. Cody. Does it work? Uh, honey, could you just plug it in for us? Uh, it's so heavy and dusty. Ew. This is so... Oh, oh my God! Just plug it in for Mom and her friend. I'll okay, do it. this was kind of like our iPad, but but way better. Can in, you give in it to our me. opinion, right, dear? Where's the outlet? I can do it. 
I remember, I remember I bought a cassette tape that day, too. En Vogue. Cody, can you just plug it into the outlet, please? Did you get shot? I hate your stupid thing! Oh, <laughs> Sweet. Let me see. It works. Wait, what's that? Oh. I'm just getting in that we have a tornado watch for the western edge of St. Clair County. It Makes a Sound is written by Jacqueline Landgraf, co-directed by Jacqueline Landgraf and Anya Saffer. Sound designed and mixed by me, Vincent Cachion. Original music by Nate Wida, with Jacqueline Landgraf as Deirdre Gardner and featuring Siobhan Fallon-Hogan as Trisha Elwood and Melissa Mahoney as Cody. And that's me playing the weather guy on Trisha's boombox. It Makes a Sound was originally produced by Night Vale Presents. Have you been unpacking your attic? You can let Deirdre know at itmakesasound at aol.com or tell the world on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, etc., etc. For instance, here's a question for this week. What's your best memory from eighth grade? If you dig our show, make some noise, write us a review, it goes a long way. Thanks for listening. Remember to tell kids to be careful around power outlets and remember, win Pharos. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God. And we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.